Hey, do you know how many big political ideas have started at the dinner table of my friend Bill Press? I mean, it, it's like the, more than the Last Supper. It is extraordinary. Bill has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country. So I'm glad he's still out there on the left stronger than ever. Right now, he is using that progressive voice in the Bill Press pod. The Bill Press pod is up twice a week, an in-depth interview with a major newsmaker on Tuesday, plus his lively end-of-the-week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters, digging deep on the latest craziness from the GOP, the massive voter suppression, bills in the states and the democrats fighting to keep control of congress in 2022 i encourage you join me in subscribing to the bill press pod it is a must listen for all progressives to sign up just go to wherever you get your podcast click on subscribe and tell your friends to do the same take it from me i follow the bill press pod and you should too i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble standing up and speaking out here's hal sparks Well, welcome to Saturday, everybody. It's very exciting because uh, I'm at home this weekend, but next week and the week after and the week after that, I will be in Florida doing the show where there is a a current spike in COVID cases. Luckily, I myself, yeah, I myself am vaccinated, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to take extra precautions. And as a matter of fact, the the lovely folks at um, at the Southern Shakespeare Festival, where I'm doing Malvolio in Twelfth Night, uh, May 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. One of the evenings will be streamed. I'm not sure which. I was about to ask that. Yeah, I believe it's the 8th, but I could be wrong. Um, I'll I'll find out more as, as details. Yeah, you know, as that gets are, closer, yeah. give us the, all the dates. I'll, I'll I'll give, yeah, can, give you the, can we the purchase thing. a ticket for that? I Yeah, I believe so. And, you know, just for the streaming with, thing? Yeah, along with the, all, all the other things. Um, that said... Um, it's, you know, there was this big story about how, you know, like Florida and DeSantis and, and they did, they're doing so much better than California and they did such a great job, you know, staying open and being open and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, compared to California, where of course they oddly have a $65 billion budget surplus this year and, um, Compared to other states with equal uh, population, their death rates were pretty darn low, considering the vast majority, you know, you have a fairly evenly split state as far as style of living. You got the, you do have L.A. and San Francisco as these kind of, you know, that are thought of anyways as these hubs of, you know, liberals and progressives that have control over everything. But San Diego and Irvine and and areas of Orange County are very uh, heavily, you know, densely populated and full of right wingers and many, you know, anti maskers. And the uh, east side of the state, especially up as you get up in state, you know, near Devin Nunes's district and the like, is very, you know, pro Marjorie Taylor Greene Anglo Saxon caucus. So the death rate, while you might say, well, California is like this. The reality is the death rate was initially a spike in the cities because that's where the virus hit before we had any vaccines, before we knew what treatments were available. And and by the way, um, there's been new studies on both hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir, and both are showing no efficacy in uh, in stopping people who would go to the hospital or die from it at all. These were treatments that were initially thought that they give it to you, that this will stave off death and stave off long hospital stays. What's turning out is that if you're going to be one of the people that stays in the hospital and perhaps dies, neither of those things is going to help you at all. And if you're just going to stay home with the sniffles, 
I, I I can't find any argument that it shortens your sniffles, that it does anything at all, um, except give you the illusion that you're going to be fine until you're not. So that was that was a new study this week, genuinely. So, um, but you know, Florida, you know, bragging openly about how well they're doing versus, uh, say, California, New York, and the like, whatever. And then it, they're in the middle of another surge, another spike. And yeah. which has a lot to do with, you know, spring break revelers, people just deciding to go out fully um, and largely the anti-vaxxers in the state, because there is enough vaccine at this point And there's enough vaccine availability that people can actually count on if most of the if the majority of the people who are eligible to get vaccinated get vaccinated, even with just their first dose, it can slow the role of this vaccine so much so that you can kind of go out in a restaurant that's relatively packed and not get sick and not give the virus to anybody else on a statistical level that is genuinely meaningful. Um, one of the concerns and what uh, Dr. Fauci and, and Jim Jordan had their big blow up about this week. And I don't know if you saw that, John. No. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically Jim Jordan just screaming about liberty. And oh, my God. Thank you, Hal Vickery, celebrating his second Moderna shot two days ago. Hey. Yay. Hal Vickery is fully vaccinated. Right, Hal coming in strong. Yes. That, the, the Hals are, uh, are staying, are, are well in the vaccine camp. Um. That over the course of, you know, uh, that the Jim Jordan, you know, is yelling at, at Fauci up about in these sort of oversight hearings that they're having that when are Americans going to get their liberties back, that uh, liberties have been under attack. And even in terms of Dr. Fauci says Americans First Amendment rights have been attacked, their uh, freedom of religion, which I don't know anybody who only believes in God when they're in church. Not really. I know some people who go to church to pretend that they believe in God for other people, but that's not the same thing, right? That's, you know, if you only believe when you're in the building and don't believe it when you're outside the building, you're an anomaly as a human being. It's a very, very curious, or or you're just oddly gullible. The minute you go in, you believe absolutely, and then as soon as yeah. you step out, you're like, oh, well, reality and gravity and... Physics are clearly a superior thing to follow. You know, it's absurd. If you're a frog and somebody shined a flashlight in your eyes. That's right. And so, uh, in you know, he, he became, you know, very heated. And this is the one where some people have seen where, you know, Fauci is saying you're ranting again, which is a gri- an apt description of what Jim Jordan is doing. But Jim Jordan effectively represents the anti-vaxxer, you know, crowd he, he, this is and and the and the linkage between ohio politicians and florida politicians is well known and and has been around for a long time ever since they were the original swing states for most of our lives if you won ohio and you won florida you won the nation that is no longer true and it's been leaning not true since the early 2000s and so now they're feeling that kind of pinch you know and so desantis with the You know, as much as he's like, we beat California. Well, the only reason you even came close to pretending that you beat California is because you had state officials raiding the house of a woman who was posting legit figures because she knew as a public health official that that Florida was manipulating the data to look like their deaths were lower. And Florida shaved off 4,249, I believe, of the dead to make their numbers statistically better. So... 
And and one of the things that they How bring about up, all the families I, feel about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yours didn't count, right? Yeah. Um, this was, or um, I mean, if they can bring him back to life, I'm for it. Talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if if you could bring him back to life, Florida would be out of business because a large, you know, as my grandmother once said, "Do you have any idea how hard it is to get a body out of Florida?" And <laughs> Which is weird for your grandmother to say at the Thanksgiving table if she's not the head of a mafia family. Right. Uh, right. You would think that, that that was the most mafia thing my grandmother ever said. And the reason was because oh. they had a condo down there at the time that they would go and visit. But they were concerned about hanging out down there because if one of them died, Florida has all these rules about shipping a body out of the state. They want you mm. buried down there. They make it as hard as possible so that family will come and visit you and then go to Disneyland and, or Disney World and Epcot Center and to the beaches and yeah. stuff. They want you to come. Hey, they died here. They should be buried here. And then you can come and like it, it's like uh, cemetery tourism is a is a part of is the part of the financial. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, structure of Florida. So. So part of the question was, and I wanted to address this in the first part, was that Dr. Fauci's wearing a mask. And so is Jim Jordan. Both of them have been vaccinated, by the way. And and Jim Jordan was, you know, and and Tucker Carlson and, and this crowd. And I think Jim Jordan was on Newsmax or, or Fox. And they were both complaining about the fact that, you know, he's been vaccinated. He's he's the biggest uh, their medical expert on Fox said he was the biggest medical. Uh, he's the biggest anti-vaxxer there is because he's had the vaccine and he still wears a mask. So he's making people believe the vaccines aren't efficacious. What he's the point of is that we know that there are a asymptomatic carriers um, when people have been vaccinated. While you might not get sick, you might pass it on. It's it's a very slim chance, but it's a possibility. And when you operate in the kinds of halls of Congress where almost everyone except Jim Jordan is essential, you are endangering our republic if you give the virus to somebody else. If, right. You know, I've been getting a flu shot for years. Right. And, and if the flu shot doesn't stop me from getting the flu... If I get the flu, I might not even notice because it's not nearly as bad as it would have been. It might just be a tickle in my throat or a stuffy right. nose one day. And but I can still give somebody the flu. That's right. And and that is until there's a like I said, that sort of that cloud of immunity around you where there's enough people that have been vaccinated. Oh, I have that all on my own long before <laughs> I got my first shot. That creates six yeah. foot distancing anyways. You know, that, that's, that's right. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. Um, I will say, on a, you know, in terms of it, like him wearing a mask and the like, one of the reasons why was a story that came out um, that um, in the 77 million people that are fully vaccinated, in the U.S. anyways, in the study when it was conducted. So this was a few weeks ago. There's obviously more people vaccinated now. 5,800 breakthrough infections have been, uh, have been reported, um, 50, leading to, uh, I believe, 74 hospitalizations. No, beg your pardon. Um, 7% hospitalizations in that 5,800 and 74 deaths people who have been fully vaccinated. Now, whether they were outside the two-week window um, is, you know, is, is a matter of, you know, question. That, that's not readily apparent in the study that I read. Okay. But 5,800 people have gotten sick from this. Both pass it on, and it's a minute, that's percent of people out there that have been fully vaccinated, that, can, that caught it, and, and a percentage of them got sick, and a very small percentage of them, indeed, got 
you know, died from it. That said, that's the precaution you are seeing out of Dr. Anthony Fauci until such time as that cloud of immunity is wider. We're not reaching herd immunity anytime soon because of the anti-vax crowd. But we can slow this entire thing by everybody who will get vaccinated and wants to get vaccinated getting vaccinated, which thankfully is the majority of people. And we will be getting, you know, in, in, in Nevada and California, you can, uh, I think it's over 16. Is it in Illinois currently? I think it's 16 and up. Um, it's, yeah, it's 16 yeah. and up now. Right. And Everything got pushed up. Yeah. And so that until that shift happens, until there's enough people where you walk into a room of 20 people and 16 of them have been vaccinated, it lowers the chance that, A, those four people that are also in there that haven't been vaccinated have it, are currently carrying it and can distribute it drastically versus the opposite of those numbers, four vaccinated people, 16 people who haven't had it there's a very strong chance that not only somebody in there has it, but that they'll spread it to other people who haven't been vaccinated and very possibly in a rare situation, give it to someone who's been vaccinated, who thinks they're fine because they're the older person in their household and they've already been vaccinated. They go home and the people who are waiting in line to get vaccinated or haven't had an opportunity to yet or are homebound and haven't had a home care health person come over and give them the shot, bring that home to them and they die. That is the reason why Fauci's wearing a mask. And the quickest way to eliminate that for the Jim Jordans of the world who seem too thick to grasp that everyone deserves a chance at life and that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness starts with actually living, you know, for all the pro-life wailing and gnashing of teeth they give, um, they certainly don't seem to care that much about born children. I got Um, mine. Right. Um, And... You're, yeah, right. As mu- as long as they're covered, they're fine. Yeah, I right. got mine. F you. Yep. And so there is a, a, a portion of that crowd, the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Lauren Boberts of the world, who we will be also talking about today, who aren't going to get vaccinated. And the only way to create um, a version of, huge, uh, of herd Im- immunity, that, that cloud of immunity that I'm talking to, which is porous, unlike herd immunity, um, is, is for as many people who will get vaccinated to do it as fast as possible. And luckily those numbers are ticking up. But that's why the mask, that's why still some social distancing. We're not out of the woods yet, but we are very, very close. And the only reason it's statistically across the country that it's, uh, you know, that the impact is soft and we're not where we need to be is because of the big chunks of anti-vax groups that are all over this country that, that weigh the numbers down, that change the tide of the numbers, that when you're going to see this, when you see Michigan's got a big flare-up, you know what all, Michigan also has? Militia groups who aren't getting the vaccine because they think it's a big government plot to put nanobots in, yeah, your, and the, in your body. If you think anti-vaxxers are wearing masks right now. Yeah, exactly. It's absurd. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I want to thank all of our patrons for joining us today, and thank you, Hal Vickery, for your super chat. That was lovely, um, and I'm so glad you got vaccinated. We'll be back right after this. Now let's get back with Hell Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Okay, so I named the show today uh, Russia, 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 um, because there was this constant, you know, over the, you know, the Mueller investigation, obviously stuff is starting to leak out and or come out officially, which is the beautiful part, the official channels, that not only were there a lot of areas where the Mueller team um, were not allowed to look 
because of interference from Rod Rosenstein, who was the who at one point gave us the illusion of being the savior of the whole thing. You know, um, uh, thank you, new patron, yay. Um, you know, we we all thought, well, Rod Rosenstein, few at least he's there to protect the Mueller investigation. When in reality, he was there to protect the illusion of the Mueller investigation while stopping them from looking at anything meaningful, mainly Trump's financial ties to Russia. They left that completely out, which in your motive, means, and opportunity rule of trying to prove a crime eliminates uh, the motive. And in some cases, depending on if the money was flowing directly, the means. Because in, the, right. in, in him getting elected or keeping his businesses afloat or, you know, getting money from somewhere to pay Stormy Daniels and to pay others to keep their mouth shut, um, where'd that money come from? Was that directly from the Trump organization or were they bouncing it through him from Russia as a favor? Were, did he only have that money because he was engaged in phony real estate deals, buying a $20 million house, selling it for $90 million, and then the dude bulldozes it and it hasn't been... You know, it d- doesn't end up being, a you know, worth anything now at all. Swampland, right? So over the, the last, there's a, the, the Washington uh, Post was reporting on the, you know, the connection um, between Paul Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik. That has been, that's been fairly well known. That was, that was addressed in the Mueller report a few times. What wasn't addressed and what was sort of hidden from the public, both redacted in the stuff that they would allow to be released, um, that was, you know, that many people knew of, and it was spoken of in terms of, uh, you know, news reports contemporaneously at the time, which Trump, of course, referred to as fake news repeatedly, was that he was connected to the the Russian GRU, that he was connected to the 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 Russian group that actually was trying to manipulate our elections and was also tied to other actions, what would we would eventually know is like the solar winds hack, which I'll, I'm going to go into a little bit today because I don't know how many people know the actual details of what that is and, and how to kind of get a grasp of how, how permeate and deep that was. So, the Constantine Kalimnik thing was a story that you heard in a lot of Washington Post and New York Times stories, especially Newsweek and Time, covered it at the time because it was, you know, it was fairly well known in the fact that Ma- that Manafort was working with um, the the Russian-backed president of Ukraine. And this guy, who's now, by the way, escaped the country, lives under the protection of Vladimir Putin in Russia, if that gives you any indication of the man's loyalties... Um, and we know that Manafort both worked for him. We know that Manafort is an evil scumbag who uh, hired men on Craigslist to sexually assault his wife, uh, who had been injured in a car accident. His daughters won't even talk to him anymore. They view him as evil incarnate. The, the text messages back and forth between them is some of the most vile stuff I've ever heard children say about their parent that wasn't on a Netflix documentary about someone with stalker in their nickname. Um, so Kalimnik himself, though, uh, was tied to Manafort and obviously tied to some of the stuff that went on in Ukraine. Now, we know that Yurchenko is in Russia living under the protection of Vladimir Putin. And Kalimnik, it, we always knew he had this tie to Manafort. What came out officially this week um, was that um, from the... The, the title of the article is The Government Finally Connects the Line from Trump's Campaign to Russian Intelligence. 
There you go. Um, from the first moments of the reports on the Russian interference in 2016, compiled by Mueller, um, that uh, it became public two years ago. It had it, it was obvious that there were it contained gaps. The report itself documented places where questions were unhappily left an- unanswered. We could not establish this. We could not establish that. There were a couple of places in the report. A function of reticence from relevant parties or of encrypted communications or at times witnesses being unavailable for interview, namely White House uh, witnesses that would not speak or Russians that while we still have a, you know, a warrant for their arrest, a full on Interpol warrant for their arrest are, you know, obviously either hidden well or dead by now, quite frankly. Um, um, And in that latter group was a man named Konstantin Kalimnik. Constant uh, Kalimnik was indicted by Mueller's team. He sat... Oh, there we go. A zero-one shirt. Look at that. Yay. Thanks, uh-huh. guys. Um, uh, was, uh, he, uh, he was indicted by Mueller's team. He sat at the center of one of the more obvious places where the campaign of then-candidate Tr- Donald Trump might have intersected with Russia's efforts to get Trump elected. Uh, he'd worked with the Trump campaign, uh, Paul Manafort, for years before Manafort joined the campaign effort, despite... Uh, and it says, and or perhaps because of his sketchy, sketchy connections to Russia, one of Manafort's primary clients in the years before his volunteering to work for Trump, without pay. Because remember that Manafort worked for Trump for free. The man had massive debts. Donald Trump hmm. was a you know is an alleged billionaire who's flush. It isn't just that. Uh, you know, he's he's got kind of a Warren Buffett kind of a wealth where he lives in the same little house and most of his money is tied up. And, yeah, he's a bazillionaire, but it's, you know, it, you'd have to dissolve giant companies to squeeze any cash out of them right now. And I'm just not willing to do that because I'm sitting on my investments. That kind of zone that, you know, that folks that invest like that do. No, Trump was supposedly flush with cash all the time. He was a big spender. I mean, obviously, a lot of it was charity money that he was redirecting to paintings of himself. But he gave the illusion all the time that I'm running on and I'm using my own money, so I'm not beholden to anybody. And, but even though I'm spending my own money, I'm going to get this guy who's willing to work for me for free, who worked for a, the president of Ukraine who was murdering his own citizens, like right out of the Putin playbook. And and have no problem with that. Um, on August six twenty, or sorry, on August second, twenty sixteen, with Manafort running the Trump campaign and Gates serving as his deputy, the three met at a cigar club in Midtown Manhattan. Um, beforehand, Manafort asked Gates to print out campaign polling data. This is some of you may have heard this report that this is uh, an information that Manafort apparently gave Kalimnik that night. Uh, Mueller's report describes the meeting. They also discussed the status of the Trump campaign and Manafort's strategy for winning Democratic votes in Midwestern states. Months before that meeting, Manafort had caused internal polling data to be shared with Kalimnik, and sharing continued for some period of time after their August meeting. It wasn't just polling data. It was internal strategy documents. It was where they needed help. It was effectively, you know how, the, you know how it's illegal? Oh, we got to take another break. You know how it's illegal for campaigns to interact with super PACs? To coordinate with super PACs. Super PACs have all this money flowing through them, and campaigns, you know, are getting direct campaign donations, and ne'er the twain shall meet. So the, the, we gotta take a break. When we come back, I wanna explain something to you that the, that Trump didn't invent the, the, you know, the, the canoodling that goes on between super PACs. He just perfected it with an entire country.
We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, WCPT 820 is the website. You can plug that into your your iPad or your phone or what have you when you're out driving in the rest of the country. Um, or you can go to uh, infotainmentwars.com and uh, watch the stream. Like and subscribe. We'll be back. Now let's get back to House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So, um... It, the the Mueller report did report on you know Konstantin Kalimnik and you know touched on Manafort giving him information polling data. It sounded really low end, like like yeah guys just checking in things are going awesome that level stuff. But it was the the only thing they have the I guess the paperwork on that they you know the initial ones because Rick Gates was not on board. Okay, you have to understand Rick Gates was for a long time he was a cooperating witness. For a very long time in the Mueller investigation. So the reason we know about the polling data stuff is because Rick Gates told on Paul Manafort. Once Manafort had access to or was getting information directly from Trump or the family or on his own, people who would not later cooperate with Manafort or with uh, the Mueller investigation, then none of that shows up. So the, the conduit, the initial conduit, you know, the leak came because Rick Gates told everybody, yeah, he asked me for this polling data and then that he gave it to this guy. And now I know that. But Rick Gates didn't know about the other stuff he passed along. So it didn't end up in the Mueller report. Effectively, that's where we are. Um, the the other person and the name that we hear a bunch is this guy, Oleg Deripaska. Um, he was he was one of the guys who was he was sending messages like, you know, will this make me whole? In, you know, and trying to, you know, that this no, this known known and unknown debts that Manafort had with with Russians, both uh, in the government and outside the government, and that scared him apparently. Um, uh, Deripaska, former client of Manafort, whom the campaign chairman had been eager to impress with his position on the campaign, hours after the August second meeting, a plane belonging to Deripaska landed in New Jersey. Uh, um, his his team denies any. Uh, link to the meeting. So, uh, and I guess we all, we all believe that, right? We're all cool with Paul Manafort meets with Trump, uh, gets uh, polling data and internal campaign uh, information, um, including like voters they're going to target in the Midwest, strategy documents from the RNC. And, but it wasn't like, here's, you know, a, a small folder, walk this across. This was you know, a folder with a zip drive or with a you know a thumb drive attached to it. And all, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And that stuff goes right to Konstantin Kalimnik, but not before, I guess, Oleg Deripaska lands in New Jersey, pops into town that evening, and is around the is within driving distance of this meeting that Kalimnik has there. And and that was reported on at uh, at the time. Um, let's see the yeah the. <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. So uh, this particular thing, um, uh, you know, they there was this gathering. At, you know, the articles at the time came out and said, okay, it, like Vice News put out this article: Paul Manafort, uh, a mysterious Russian jet, and a secret meeting. This is this is March thirtieth, mm. twenty eighteen. A private jet linked to a Russian oligarch flew into the U.S. at the key time in the twenty sixteen election. All this is Zotan. Um, these, uh, you know, this was all reported 
contemporaneously at the time, or at least fairly close to it. Thank you, Catherine. Um, and thanks for the new subscribers, by the way. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. Um, we, we knew about a lot of this stuff. And a lot of us were, you know, it felt like we were, like, pulling our hair out at the time. And, you know, we're going, it's... There's three different sources reporting on this stuff. It's got, there's got to be a there there. And then the Mueller yeah. report summary comes out from Bill Barr... And it's, um, thank you, new patron. Um, and the, the Mueller report comes out and Bill Barr r- writes this summary and basically goes, there's no there there. There was no evidence of collusion. Well, we now know, of course, that there was not just evidence of collusion. There was active collusion going on. M- Manafort, who is working for a billionaire for free, who has connections to a Russian sock puppet who was running Ukraine into the ground on purpose during the time when they they entered Crimea and Crimea and started to take the country back over again? Um, that guy works for Trump for free. He gets in- internal campaign data, not just polls, but where they're targeting, what they think their limitations are, where they need help, essentially. That's what these documents are. All this polling data, all this stuff about, you know, what voters they're going to target in the Midwest, all that stuff is letting the Russians know, here's where we need some help. Now, when a super PAC runs ads for, you know, Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz, and you, they have footage of these guys in it, they cannot be provided by the campaign or the person themselves. They either have to get footage from the news and pay for it, or they have to mm-hmm. magically stumble upon it. And so if you'll recall, during um, the, the previous election cycle when Ted Cruz and, and Mitch McConnell were running, not, the la- not in 2020, but in the cycle before for them, this weird footage started showing up online of Mitch McConnell with his wife just oddly smiling at the camera. Remember that stuff? Yeah. Okay. And that was really and, creepy. and it was just sitting on the internet. It was just, you know, it was just and it was just silent footage of them like, you know, home shots and all this kind of stuff. And the reason was is because this was to anybody that has any brains, them working around the limits on being able to present stuff to uh you know, to their super PAC. Here's some great footage to use in ads to help us win re-election. We can't give it to you directly, so we'll post right. it. We'll leave it unlisted. We can't leave it private because we're caught giving you a password. But if you stumble upon it or somebody were to show it to you because they knew it was there without any insti- you know, instigation from us, you could use that footage. Because we need help, and we need we need family man storylines, and we need you know what a great you know Christian conservative family values thing. We need ads about that, and you can't grab footage like that off the news. So we got to sneak it to you. So there's this footage of Ted Cruz with his arm around his brother, and sitting with his family, and talking with his wife, and yeah. and a, a lot of silent footage. Well, that's because you can't coordinate with a super PAC. What effectively the Trump campaign was doing was coordinating with Russia as a super PAC. And what Russia did with that information that they got was attack the, the electorate in all these areas. Drum up divisions, 
uh, foment, you know, fears of the other, you know, create fake Facebook groups, create fake Facebook gatherings, you know, BLM groups and, and, you know, Muslim Americans for Sharia law in Ohio. Of course, weird things to trend on Twitter. Right. And that didn't actually happen, but helped, but as a, as an advertising strategy was so ubiquitous because of social media that it eventually let it, it made a shift in the electorate. Then the rest of it was anti-Hillary Clinton stuff. We, she's got him beat on stability. She's got him beat on national security. She's got him beat on, uh, you know, on a, like a history of understanding policy. So we need you to chip away at those three things, not just in right-wing circles because we think we got them locked down. We need you to depress the vote of liberals and progressives around Hillary Clinton. And we need it in these four states. Well, in three of those states, they were successful. And and Donald Trump won the Electoral College because of 74,000 votes in three states. 74,000 people. The cost of shifting the, the, the election of the United States cost the Trump campaign almost nothing because Russia paid for it in, in terms of, you know, millions of rubles paid directly to Facebook that they didn't even hide. We now know that they were paid in rubles for political ads. 74,000 votes, 74,000 people. All you had to do was talk, you know, somewhere between 60 and 80,000 people in these three states into not voting at all, uh, hating Hillary Clinton, but voting down ticket for Dems across everything else, if that's what they wanted, but, or not voting, you know, not, you know, leaving the president blank or voting for Donald Trump because you're just so aggravated and you want to show her. And they knew that statistically that was possible in four states and this would give Donald Trump the electoral college edge. And the irony is, is that were the election laws that they're pushing in these countries, that they're so afraid of voter fraud and all these kind of things, were they in place, more than likely... Donald Trump never would have been elected because even even in their attempts to go, there's voter fraud and illegals are voting and dead people are voting and underage people are voting. The reality is, is when you throw your net into the water, you catch what's there, not what you want. And the problem that they've been finding in a lot of these places, including, you know, the Mike Lindell's of the world. Is that you know Mike Lindell? And all has these a, names are like I'd forgotten about so many of these names. Oh, but Frank is going to launch Monday. His his social media network is supposed to launch Thursday, but it uh, it it crapped the bed. So it's going to launch Monday at noon. He promises this time, and I okay. can't wait for my account to go live um, on Frank. Um, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. This is. For for anybody who was looking for um, proof that that there is a direct linkage of information from Donald Trump the man to his campaign chairman who was working for free to a Russian spy who was working in cahoots with a Russian oligarch who is financially tied to Putin and both of them speaking to Putin and the GRU, and then bringing information back through that same channel, through Manafort to Trump, and, and, and affecting where they had rallies, what was said at rallies. Uh, it fomented the Q movement. It was absolutely boosted 
by Russian interference mm. and the GRU and Apartment 29 and Cozy Bear and all these, you know, the, the hacker groups were absolutely buoying up Ron and Jim Watkins and their seizure of the Q account from 4chan and turning it into their own, you know, uh, public manipulation campaign. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. You're listening to House Park's radio program, Mega Worldwide. So, you know, we have known that that you know Trump and his and his cronies um, were were canoodling with with Russians the entirety of their first campaign. We also yep. know because of the um, the you know information that's come out about the Solar Winds hack, which um, Biden just released. A list of sanctions, um, you know, and and made a speech about a conversation that he had with Russia, um, and you know he spoke to Putin and he said we're going to have a proportional response, but we're going to do something, you know, and even the reports about the uh, the Russian bounties, the 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 Biden IC, the intelligence community, uh, you know, that Biden's been talking to, have yet to they've got moderate to low confidence on the report. So they're not acting on that. doesn't mean it isn't true, but it, do, but it means that they would need a certain level of, of certainty themselves beyond what they have to institute sanctions, financial sanctions and controls on people who travel. And, okay. and according to international law and other things, there was, there'd be a certainty that you would need to do that. Again, the people who are like, it's nothing there, it was all smoke, is garbage. They just have a standard that you have to match when you get into the sanctions area. Um, you, you can certainly bring it up, and he brought it up on the call. Um, but uh, they they weighed this, um, you know, several times, and you know, like which ones would have the most importance, um, and you know, which what could do the most damage. And the people that they're affecting are the Deripaskas and the Konstantin Kalimniks of the world. Kalimnik is still. Um, there's still a warrant out for his arrest. He is, uh, you know, he's there. There, there are gaps in the Mueller report that are directly linked to these missing folks that we can't. That will we will collar snatch the second they're sitting in the wrong restaurant in the wrong country with too many friendlies around them. Mm. Uh, the issue, though, is is that in terms of you know Vladimir Putin, a good portion of those people are you know are more useful dead. So um, that you know, and there's there's a lot of that in in terms of how the Russians uh, you know deal with these kind of problems. I mean, if they're willing to overtly poison someone like Alexei Navalny, and then when he comes back to the country. After going to Germany for medical treatment, so he doesn't die from the poison they sprayed in his face, that, right. uh, or on his food, uh, when he comes back, it's he violated his parole by leaving the country. Even though uh-huh. if he hadn't left the country, he'd have died. And they weren't; they were kind of trying to they were trying to kill him specifically that way. Then they put him in prison and try to make him waste away. I mean, I don't know how you trust the food provided to you by the state in that situation. And as your hands and your legs go numb, go. I'm I'm going on a hungry hunger strike if only yeah. just because I don't know if I'm being poisoned yeah. much less the need for attention in this situation bringing you know attention to this idea. So um there were um 
the report around, you know, Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear and Apartment 29 and all these cute names for uh, the, the, the Russian hacker farms that they use to actively attack our country and other countries around the world. Because the, the, the solar winds hack that everybody was talking to was didn't just affect the United States. It affected many of our allies and, and even some of our competitors because they are on, you know, on a competitive footing with Russia. And, the, and right. so attacking solar winds is like attacking... And, I mean, the best example is that they, they... I guess they broke into Microsoft Office 365 at one point as well. So they okay. were able to get into the baseline software of Microsoft 360, uh, Office 365. And so anybody who used Office 365... They were able to get around the security measures that you would put in to protect your files, your ledgers, your Excel documents, your internal uh, emails. They were able to wiggle their way in there. Now, they, uh, Microsoft ultimately fought that one off, changed it, patched the security hole. But while they were in there, they had access to every aspect of, of Microsoft 365, which if you use the entire suite for your business or your company or your NGO or your campaign is everything. Yeah. It's it's your it's your advertising plans, it's the schematics for your products, it's the ingredients to your secret recipe, it's uh, you know, it is your internal diet, it's everything, right? And the, so think of that breach of Office 365 and how scary that would be for your company if a competitor company got a, a, a you know a, a security backdoor to office 365 in terms of your company what they could do in terms of beating you in the market just on the on on a you know on a corporate espionage level then right. think about that in terms of a country that doesn't want you to exist at all the, the you know and the scariest thing about the russian hacks is they don't just take stuff out the Russian hackers put stuff in. Their their goal a lot of times is take somebody's. I, I had a I had a friend play a joke on me with an email uh, years ago, before I recognized. You know, it, it taught me what metadata was really quickly. But <laughs> I I wrote them an email, and the response was, "Oh my God, why would you say such a thing?" And I went. What did, I, what did I say or whatever? And I went back and looked at my email and it had the initial part that I'd written, but then a whole like, if I ever find you, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, I've, I'm the one who keyed your car. Uh-huh. It was just like, it was obviously comedic in that regard, but it was not, it was gnarly how easy it was for them to just go back, change the text, change the color of the text to make it look like the other part of the text. So it wasn't just the reply part yeah. of it. Cause you can, you can change any aspect of a return document in an email, right? And it's a minor thing. Now, anybody who looks at the the metadata of those things would be able to see that the person changed the, you know, when and if they had changed the color of the text and they had typed that in, when that text had been added. All that stuff is in there. You can also manipulate the metadata if you want to go in there and spoon that out. Take some extra work. But if you're willing to put the work in, it's not hard to pull off a fake email to someone, right? Well, that's... The Russians have, you know, have really focused on that because their goal is not and was not necessarily to help Trump win genuinely. They didn't like the guy. 
They didn't think this is the man that will run America in a way that will make him the best buddy so that America and Russia can work together for our to cooperate on nuclear deep proliferation and to save the environment together. What they wanted was a chaos agent to come in and wreck people's attitude towards democracy so it make easier it easier for Vladimir Putin to pass a law that makes him the you know the president of Russia yep. till 2036 that's what it was for people like you want to make people to have democracy fatigue there are too many moving parts freedom is a problem i mean the chinese use uh, the the unrest in the united states to great effect they really do um, when when they show video of of America, it is almost all um, people burning down targets because of police shootings, mm. and they and 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 the the message is: Aren't you lucky that you don't have a choice when we, we shoot somebody? Right. Aren't you glad there's no nobody even gets to question what we do? And if you tr- and if you try, you're dead too. The Russians operate the exact same way. They put down these kind of things. And the, and the idea, you know, the, the Alexei Navalny um, protests that have happened in the streets have been a very uncomfortable thing for, for Russia because they haven't gotten violent and given them the ability to push back. That they don't give them the excuse to open fire on these crowds. That they, that they have to, the Russians have to protest in such a narrow way that there cannot be unrest lest the entire group be put down harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by the way, Donald Trump spent a lot of time while he was in office praising that kind of stuff. Said, "I will tell you about you know Vladimir Putin. He's a leader. You can't argue with he's a leader." Well, that's right. what he's talking about. Very that strongly. They don't have they don't have gay pride marches. He didn't want them. You can't have them. That's a leader. Yeah. From Donald Trump's standpoint, uh, we'll be back right after this. It's time for the news. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, will continue with your calls as well. 773-763-9278. Russia, Russia, Russia. Orange man calls. bad. Orange man bad. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will. Orange man bad. <laughs> Welcome back to the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now time for the happy ending. Yay! So um, I I spoke earlier about this um, report that there there have been uh, approximately fifty eight hundred breakthrough COVID nineteen infections, and that about five percent of those that fifty eight hundred group um, required hospitalization. Sorry, seven percent required hospitalization, and that seventy four of those people had passed away. All of them were over the age of sixty. And and um, the majority of them, um, interestingly enough, of the breakthrough infections were female. Um, still, a, an incredibly minor number. Um, mm-hmm. It's over sixty, but we're talking really over sixty in, in a lot of these cases. And the argument is is that um, they still got COVID because of, you know a variant. And when right. in the process they had gotten their first or second shot in these cases, there's a lot of details that are kind of left out in this. Um, but uh, and related to that, I wanted to, you know, 
the CDC released, released a statement about this particular detail because we were literally talking about 0.0001% of vaccinated people, all of them in a certain age group, all of them with pre-existing conditions and other elements that could have caused their death, but that they got, they technically tested positive and they died. So they said to date, um, they, uh, health experts with the CDC said they're currently monitoring reported cases for, quote, clustering by patient demographics, geographic location, time since vaccination, vaccine type or lot number, and SARS-CoV-2 lineage. Wh- which variant they have, whether they had just gotten their shot and their body hadn't had a chance to get to build to immunity yet, which would indicate that it wasn't the fact that the vaccine wasn't efficacious. It was just that they were exposed before it got a chance to build up their immunity in their system. Um, To date, according to them, no unexpected patterns have been identified in case demographics or vaccine characteristics, meaning that in these deaths, these 74 deaths and the the 7% hospitalizations of these minor groups of these 5,800 that actually got the disease um, after the fact, none of those people were three weeks past their second dose, for example. None of those people had, you know, and many of them were within the first window of their first dose is basically what they're saying. And so it's incredibly reassuring that if you follow your doctor's advice and you get both vaccinations or in the case, I mean, Johnson Johnson's on pause. So currently, you know, it's Pfizer and Moderna are the two game. They're the big games in town. Also, again, both ones that while they took pre-orders from Operation uh, uh, Fartsteed, um, which I'm sorry, I didn't have my sound effect up. I usually, I'm usually better oh, than that. Yeah. Um, that during operation Fartsteed, Captain's log. um, that they, you know, while AstraZeneca and, uh, Johnson and Johnson worked pretty hand in glove with the, with the task force that was run by Mike Pence, the, in the case of Pfizer and Moderna, they did not, they worked on their own. They said, well, yeah, we'll sell them to you. If you want to give us the money up front, we know pretty much how much the doses are going to cost and how much it's going to cost us to create this thing. And we think we're on to something. If you want to pre-buy them, knock yourself out. And that's what we did. The U.S. pre-bought doses of almost everything. They had a chance to buy more of the uh, Johnson & Johnson, but did not early on. Um, again, the pause for Johnson & Johnson has, has been, uh, is going to be another week. Um, as they work out whether or not the blood clot issue is something they can mitigate or something they have to watch or that they can warn. If you are a person of this age, if you're male or female and uh, you have this condition or you take these kinds of medications, they're going through those cases. There are very few of them, but they're going through those and going, okay, this is the through line. It's a, they're playing detective currently, and they're trying to find out what was what is the linkage, if any, right. they can find that causes the, these blood clots, you know, in the same way that some folks, we lost some folks to strokes, ischemic strokes during the last year that m- may or may not have tested positive for COVID as far as, you know, they died and then nobody tested them because they had just died. Um, one of the members of uh, um, of Sam Cedar's The, the Majority Report, um, you know, passed away quick, you know, uh, suddenly from a from a stroke, of a, a, you know, from a blood clot, and that very well could have been his body's reaction to having fought off COVID, but having one of these lurking issues. Yeah. And so they may find out that yes, some of the folks that are getting Johnson and Johnson actually 
they got exposed, but they didn't have enough antibodies to peg the needle in, in terms of getting the test um, and let us know that they, you know, that we didn't know officially that they had had COVID. It didn't show up on the test. And therefore, the vaccination had very little to do with the, that. It was just where we were sending them. There were groups of people. We're sending, since they're sending Johnson & Johnson to areas of the country where refrigeration is a problem, where uh, medical facilities are not as readily available, that the people that may be getting those things also may have other health issues that are specific to region, to, you know, rural diseases, you know, as it were. And so that has to be a factor going in. Overall, though, um, the Pfizer and Moderna efficacy is extraordinary on, on measure with every other um, disease so far. Pfizer has come out and said that you may need another booster in six months because they're checking people's resilience from the tests they did last year. Um, and then that may be enough to get you where your body goes. There. So two separated by about three weeks and then another one six months later as a booster. Um, but that's, and that, that's a maybe. That, that's not definite. That is something that they are presenting as a possibility. But the point is, is that this is actually, this is working. Over the course of the country, while cases have gone up and spiked in areas like Michigan and in, you know, and Detroit literally ran out of ICU beds because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, largely that, you know, you can tell which groups and where are getting sick from this. You can tell which groups and where are skewing the numbers. And it is indeed anti-maxers, anti-maskers, and anti-vaxers. Both those groups of people are creating a situation where they are uh, ex they're causing the spread to grow, and they are themselves becoming sick. And repeated stories keep showing up um, about this. Uh, you know the the people who like didn't believe in it. And then their last words were, I was wrong before they were hooked up to a ventilator. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's the poetry of our time that we're hearing a lot of these. Now, on, on our way out the door, by the way, like I said, I will be in Florida next week when, we, when I'm doing the live show. And I won't be streaming on Monday because it's a travel day. When I arrive in Florida, having been fully vaccinated, I still, before I go to work on Tuesday with the cast, I and every cast member and every crew member will have been tested for COVID um, within 24 hours of the first day of work. Not, not three days, because Florida, you can mingle for three days in Florida and your test effectively is, you know, is worthless. It's meaningless. And then So Tuesday morning, this is, I mean, this is how, this is the new abnormal currently, mm -hmm. is that I'm going to fly in Monday, like I said, having fu been fully vaccinated, wearing my mask and all that stuff, Tuesday morning, I get up early. I go over, and they and they do have free testing, free rapid testing. Every rapid test I've had to get for work in the last few months when I've gotten them because I had to go do a live show. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, A, they gave me three days, which always seems so weird. It has to be, you know, at least the last three days. I, I, it would seem like you would want it the same day. But I've had to pay out of pocket, you know, 130 to 150 bucks for each of these to get them as close to the actual thing as possible. Yeah. Um uh, otherwise, scheduling them a week out seems absurd. But mm -hmm. now we are at the point where you're getting you can get tested for free in a lot of places and with and and quickly. And then we are moving into and I think this is one of the most extraordinary things is that we've got news from the CDC and the NIH that a possible 
AIDS vaccine, an HIV vaccine, uh, may be on the horizon because of all the advances made in mRNA vaccines because of COVID. Because of the bum rush to do this, they're, they learned so much so quickly and applied so much known science to this that they're like, oh, okay, now we know how we could, using AI, they are now able to craft molecules that are laser focused on strains of disease and don't, you know, like in the terms of, you know, a po- like chemotherapy, which is a poison that you mm-hmm. hope kills the cancer before it kills you, that starts laser focusing, uh, you know, the efficacy of both vaccines and treatments on the actual, you know, on the atomic level, on the cellular level of these diseases that we, we encounter. And that will usher in an age of health and protection that I don't know if we have the ability to grasp at this point. That, you know, there's a, they're obviously going to be, they're going to be playing whack-a-mole with strains with both yeah. this and other diseases, as they will do, as you do with any contagion, as they do with, with SARS and MERS, you know, in regular cycle. As swine flu and bird flu remind us every few years that they, you know, but because they have a baseline vaccine developed, they're able to modify it slightly and stop the spread as quickly as possible. Well, this will make it even more efficacious and more specific. So this idea that it might hurt your cells or hurt your genes or mess with your own body or your, you know, blood, all that stuff, because of, of how narrow focus this is actually getting, is, I think, one of the most beautiful things to look forward to over the next five to ten years. We are, after living through this year of... Uh, lockdown and fear and concern for our relatives and our friends and ourselves and not knowing if we're, in, you know, if our grandkids will, meet, if grandkids will see their grandparents um, ever again and what if they pass away alone and all the horror stories we've heard about people, you know, um, you know, passing in that situation. We are, we are very close to a circumstance where if a disease like this takes somebody or is in the process of taking somebody, people who are related to them can get inoculated against it fairly quickly and visit that person in the hospital freely um, even if that, that can be nice even uh, without any danger to themselves and that the uh, that our medical facility, and I have to give uh, you know there was a period when we were clapping we got, we're at the end of the show but uh, and I want to thank everybody for their super chats today and their support and the patrons and, and Johnny Million for being there in Chicago but we're you know we're at the point where we can say we were all applauding the EMTs and our first responders during the beginning of this, and I think that there became a normalization of well, well, that's just life right now. These people are exhausted; they've been through hell. And over the next year, you're going to need to take one of them to a comedy show, buy him a drink. If you know a nurse or a doctor or an emergency room tech or a you know a ventilation expert or an anesthesiologist, right. and you run across them. Pay for their appetizer, buy them a drink, send them balloons, do something. Because they're, they're seeing the horizon finally for the first time where the rest of us have not had this daily exposure to this virus the way they have. Thanks, guys, so much. We'll see you next time. It's House Sports Radio Program Mega Worldwide. See you next week. <laughs>